Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 65 with my good friend, John Moist. Uh, he works as an AmeriCorps VISTA up in uh, University of Maine at Presque Isle. Uh, he's been there for about a year, and we just wanted to have him on uh, to talk about his experience, what he's learned, uh, what he's gotten from it, and just his story and uh, what uh, brought him there in the first place. And it's, uh, it's just a really cool, unique story and a unique experience that he's had up there. He's done some really great work, uh, but you will listen to this excellent episode and uh, hear all about it. Um, just really appreciate John, uh, jumping on for this and, um, he's a good friend of mine and, uh, uh, he's got some really great things to say. So I appreciate being able to showcase his awesomeness to all you out there listening. And as always, we appreciate you all as well, uh, listening out there, sharing the episodes, leaving us reviews and ratings, all that helps us reach a wider audience. Uh, and without further ado, this is episode number 65 with the one and only John Moist. Before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the National Center for Student Life, which hosts the National Conference on Student Leadership coming up this fall from November 19th to the 22nd in Washington, D.C. Since 1978, NCSL has trained thousands of students and advisors in heart-centered, values-based leadership skills designed to help drive transformative change within the individual and on campus. I've spoken personally at NCSL for the past five years and I've seen firsthand how the NCSL conference helps students and advisors apply learning to address the real challenges that are, they're facing on their campus and in their community through this thing they call the NCSL Call to Action Program. NCSL really, it brings together the country's best leadership presenters into one place to give both the students and the advisors this, this, it's, this, this life-changing experience. And I've always been blown away at the level of value received from their conferences. And in addition to hearing from these amazing top-notch presenters, students also learn from each other in this student forum on civic engagement and I should note, NCSL is the first student leadership conference to offer students the opportunity to earn a digital badge to document their leadership development. So if you're looking for a student leadership conference to attend, I highly recommend checking out NCSL at nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. That's nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. With that, let's get going and get this show on the road. All right, so we can... Drain the water, get the warm up done. Yeah, just get all, yeah. get all ready here. I think I got everything. I like silenced. the UMass banner right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I did. My, I did do that essential stuff. step where I was like, phone is off and on. Do not disturb. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you uh, being on here to talk about this stuff. I think it's sort of a interesting. I, I, I'm kind of interested to hear what you say about it because I, I don't know how it all kind of comes together for you or how the experience actually kind of works out, but. Um, so just before we get started, as we always do, just kind of give your introduction and how you got to be where you are today. All right. So also we'll do the, we'll do the, the bio, the quick bio. Quick bio, yeah. It's, it's quick bio. long or short as you would like to do, yeah. <laughs> well, my name is John Moist. I am the AmeriCorps Vista for Academic and Student Affairs at the University of Maine at Presque Isle. How I got there 
Oh, boy. I was... So when I was graduating from college, um, I was in the interview process with an ad agency. And I was... I really thought that's what I wanted to do. Mm. I was just super drilled into this. I was, like, in the fourth round of interviews. I was really excited. It was down to myself and, like, two other candidates. I was really... I was really pumped about this. Um, and I found that there was just something missing. Just couldn't put my finger on but there was, like, something off in my life. <laughs> and I'm that kind of person that now this is going to bother me until I figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I eventually realized that it was because I was moving away from the area that sort of got me the most passionate, which is campuses and student affairs and working on campus and being in academia. Um, and so I sort of did a very quick 180 pivot. <laughs> my, my partner sent me um, some links to job listings that I might be interested in. So I sort of did this very hard, like, all right, let's figure, let's, let's completely turn on a dime and see what we want to do with our life. Um, and this job opening came up in Presque Isle at, at UMPI, or UMPI, as I should say. Um, and it sort of like struck a chord within me where I real, where it was maybe something where I could do two things. One, I was really interested in, and this is the phrase everyone uses, but making a difference. Mm-hmm. I, was very, I was very interested in that because um, like the full story is I gave the graduation speech at, at, my, at my undergrad. And I had talked about all this grand making a difference stuff. And, like, there, there are elements of change and all of these, like, right. pompous phrases. And then I just had this crisis where, oh, I'm interviewing at an ad agency. That's not an element of change. What am I doing, you know? Um, and not that, that kind of work is awesome, but I was worried it wasn't going to fulfill me. Um, and so I checked into this job, and it really, I just sort of got the vibe. The first time I chatted with the, 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 the provost is actually who I work for. I work mm-hmm. for the vice president of academic affairs. And the first time I chatted with him, I just thought, this is, this is it. This is a really good fit. And I had that strange feeling of anticipation where you know something's a great fit and so you're afraid to want it too much. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. If I want this too much, it will not work. It's like what I was saying to myself yeah. in my head. So I, so I, got, really, I got really excited and I, I sort of quickly finished up the whole process. And, and then very much on a dime, my life turned and I moved up to Maine. I packed up, I like, as I like to say, I packed up my Monte Carlo and just left. You know? I was like, yeah, I've made a decision. I'm moving to Maine. <laughs> um, and it was made a little easier because my partner moved to, I would say, central Maine mm-hmm. at the same time. So it was a little easier for me to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, there was still a tie for me that even though I'm, Presque Isle, northern Maine is very much out there. It's very, it's very much, yeah. we, we, as people up there love to say, it's not the end of the world. That's another hour north, but you know, yeah. we're near it. You know? um, and so it was a lot easier, I think, because there was an element of commonality with my past where I could you know, always go down to Bangor and, and, and see you. So there, that worked out. And I think a lot of things just sort of fell in place. And so I thought, this is a great idea. Um, for the second reason, so I said the first was that I wanted to make a difference, that very typical phrase. But the second one was that I wanted to... I had turned down an acceptance into grad school, and I was just wondering whether I really wanted to go back into academia. Mm-hmm. And so it served as sort of a, okay, let's get into academia and let's yeah. see if this is really what we want. Almost like a, a gap year after you graduate. Just yeah, just to sort of, because yeah. I really wanted to test the waters on. Academia is, is a thing that you commit yourself to. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, yeah. and just to see if that, it's as much of a lifestyle as it is a job. Um, and so I was trying to make sure I was really okay with that as it went, so... Cool. Yeah. Well, and just to, cause I think it came up in an episode, and I think this was sort of uh, implanted in my brain that it was part of somebody else's story that they um, did AmeriCorps, and that's sort of how they got into the field of student affairs. And I think it's you know uh, the experience has helped you find yourself, like you were saying. So, just so everybody's on the same page, and just to explain it a little bit, what is AmeriCorps like? How did you kind of get turned on to it? like, yeah. and how is it like structured? Because I know it's, it's a very uh, uh, sort of a unique. 
uh, format or kind of an experience that people can kind of plug into. So just like get, yeah. get some foundation for us. If it really well, AmeriCorps is, I think the quickest way to get into AmeriCorps is to say that it's the Peace Corps within the borders. Mm-hmm. So when people say, oh, is that like Peace Corps? I always say, well, Peace Corps is doing service work and building capacity outside of the states mm-hmm. and doing service work and building capacity inside the states is AmeriCorps. And there are a couple different, there are a lot of different divisions of AmeriCorps. There's Senior Corps, Food Corps. Um, Conservation Corps, a lot of different aspects, mm-hmm. but the one I'm involved in is AmeriCorps Vista, which places young people in primarily one-year terms of service um, in areas that they can build what's called capacity to end poverty. So we work primarily in areas that allow us to make certain elements of the industries and the areas that we're in more accessible to um, low-income individuals, That's particularly... I guess to drill down even further, the division of AmeriCorps I work for, the division of Vista, is Main Campus Compact. Mm -hmm. And so Main Campus Compact handles the grant that I'm funded through. And what Main Campus Compact focuses on is making college education in Maine more accessible to first-year college students, to underprivileged college students, to college students that don't come from means, that sort of thing, first years and such. What I'm kind of interested in to learn about now is... So you've gotten your path here. You go through this gateway of AmeriCorps Vista, end up at University of Maine Presque Isle. You've been working there for almost a year now. What, yep. what sort of is, if there even is one, kind of a typical day in the life? Like what are maybe, did you know you were going to be working on certain projects or is it whatever kind of comes across your desk? How, like, how does it kind of play out for you in reality of like kind of day-to-day stuff? I think I can divide the year into two general columns. Mm-hmm. The first part of the year was spent working very heavily on that on that um, capacity building. I, de- I Working with the provost, I developed a, a lot of partnerships to area high schools, worked on dual credit, dual enrollment programs, um, spearheaded a campaign with RSU 39, which is Caribou. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Caribou, I'm familiar. Caribou, Maine. Google yeah. maps it. You know, yeah. like, uh, I'm just throwing out references like people know what yeah. they are. I was born um, up there. I, yeah. I am familiar. But, uh, so it's up it. in Caribou, Maine, and we, yeah. we, we spearheaded a project that would allow students that were taking AP classes to get credit for that, those classes. Right. These are programs that I think a lot of people are familiar with, but they're not as widespread as they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was part of an initiative to drill down into that and sort of build those build those capacities as much as we could. Um, on the other hand, my other main column of work was working with first generation students and low income students to make the switch to um, personalized learning, which is what the UMPI calls um, their new approach to education, to make the switch to personalized learning more accessible to first year students. And I did that through a couple of ways, one of which was developing PBE materials and, and you know, sort of reworking our branding, working with uh, the director of um, media and community relations, sort of rework some branding stuff. Mm-hmm. They have great ideas up there, and they were really excited to sort of bring me on and say, okay, so let's translate this into student language. <laughs> yeah. Because as someone who's not too far removed from student yeah, language, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's more of a direct line into how that thinking works. And especially, I think, the second half of the year, in the spring semester, I worked a lot with student groups on campus. Um, I was co-advisor to their student government association, and I was sort of an advisor in spirit to their 100% LGBTQ organization. Mm-hmm. So I worked a lot with students one-on-one, primarily freshman, first-generation college students, um, sort of talking with them about the process and like the switch to college, and also using that to help kickstart a mentoring program that we're going to be looking into next year, or that the college is going to be looking into next year to take 
this raw potential that exists in the first year, first generation students and find a way to really uh, tap into it and direct it um, by using upper level, upper classmen as mentors and to upper class students um, and trying to, again, trying to get rid of that men, you know, yeah, there you go. Um, those, you got it, it sneaks in, it sneaks in, yeah. um, trying to get rid of that, but um, using upper class students as a way to sort of mentor right. first generation college students who might not have a frame of reference mm-hmm. for what college looks like, because that's one of the most common problems that we run into is that these, so I, I would say, well, how many credits do you want to take? And people would look at me and go, um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I've, you tell me, I don't okay, know. let's have that conversation, you know, so building a core of students that can really have those conversations effectively mm-hmm. and really translate the ideas that we think of. I was a first generation college student myself. Well, I was, um, there's a bit of a technicality there, but I was the first person in my family to graduate with a college degree. Um, so I sort of had this interesting perspective like, to come from, to be like, okay, these are the things I had to learn that most people just accept as fact in the college world. Mm-hmm. Here's how we translate those ideas to you. So I think towards the end of the year, a lot of my, a lot of my days became whatever's on my desk that day. Uh, we would deal with dry, primarily trying to um, work with a, some really interesting free speech initiatives and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, on our campus. So... It's a combination of both. And I find that now that we're in the summer, um, I don't know when this is going to be released, so I shouldn't say now. (laughs) Now that we're in the summer months, you know, um, sliding back into that um, very, very interesting day-to-day, let's work on capacity building and sustainability. And how do we make sure that these... So good things have happened. How do we make sure good things keep happening? It's like the general equation. Because it's very easy, I think, in higher ed to go, that was a good year. And then it doesn't happen again. Yeah, because if somebody <laughs> leaves or... Yeah, yeah, yeah because there's yeah. a certain amount of, of quantities that change. Mm-hmm. And then you can't quite replicate that again. So Yeah, well, that's, yeah that's really neat. I guess that just you had sort of a full experience of kind of doing outreach things, making sure they can, you know, the students can get in and then making sure they're thriving while they're there, that you're not just like getting all these students to register and give you money. And then you're just like, oh, cool, be on your own. So yeah. I was actually just talking today um, about like access and first generation students and stuff where they you know they earnestly want to go to college and then just don't have any support or guidance about how to do it because it could be yeah. just so so foreign and so you know, well, it's you know a very big needlessly experience. yeah and like yeah. needlessly complex or just confusing or just it's you know it's always assumed that you know oh you just figured it out like you know me and, as the administrator of an office it's like you know i assume you know and i assume that you can figure it out on your own it's like just, you know, make things easy, make it simple, or, like, having those, like, peer mentors and stuff can be really um, impactful. So that's, that's cool that you were able to help uh, do some of that stuff there. So through doing all those things, I don't know if you've had the chance to really, like, kind of reflect since you're still kind of in it, but yeah, what, what are some highlights, maybe some moments, like, some, like, nice memories or just, like, you know, learnings that you've had of just, like, what did the experience give you? Because you... you, you you know, I know, and we'll go into it later, kind of like what's next for you and where you're kind of moving on to. So like when you're looking back, like what did it mean to you like to be able to do this for, you know, a, a full year just to involve yeah. yourself? What, what did you get out of it? I think there's a couple of moments that stick out, but I think the general theme of the moments is really great chances. Okay. To put a wrapper around this, I'm trying to make this neat and tidy in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're taking a big jumbled thought. We're making it neat and tidy. Um, I come primarily from a heavy academic focus, mm-hmm. and so um, I wasn't that involved in student life. When I was in college, I founded and was president of a political organization um, that worked to advance political awareness in a, bi- a bipartisan force 
sort of thing. We call ourselves a very small super PAC. But, so I came from a very heavy, a very low student life, very high academic focus. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of my favorite moments were, were moments where the student life stuff that I was working on and feeling very fresh to blended with those academic moments. Right. Just like, wow, these are really innovative moments. Um, when I worked in the fall with a group of really passionate social work students who had gone to the Main Hunger Dialogue. Mm-hmm. The Main Hunger Dialogue is a yearly conference that's held in... Um, at, I, I don't know if it's going to be held every year at Orono, but I'll say it was held in Orono this year. Um, and it's a yearly conference where college students and college faculty and college staff from around Maine get together and they have frank and honest discussions about hunger in Maine and what we can do as colleges and as community partners to aid in that fight against hunger. Mm-hmm. And so a group of social work students that I had no, I had never met them before, but they were there and I was there and we got to talking and these students were really passionate and really sort of turned on to the issue. And so I said, why don't we keep working together? And so a really awesome partnership was formed where I worked with these students and their professor, who I will give a shout out to, um, Professor Shirley Rush at the University of Maine Prescott is outstanding. And she works, she's a social work professor. Mm-hmm. She is just, she's a million and like a five light years, like <laughs> past amazing. She's into excellent territory. Um, and she was just really great at, at saying, okay, so in what way can we, let's take these big concepts that we talked about at, at the main hunger dialogue and how can we translate these into actionable stuff to do right now? Um, because that's one of my favorite processes. You know, we have big ideas. Mm-hmm. How can we take big ideas and make them stuff to do? You know? yeah. Cause big ideas are very fun and I've spent a lot of time around big ideas, but eventually you have to do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how can we take this and sort of pipe it down into stuff that's really actionable right now? So we worked on a really um, innovative survey to sort of take a sample of what hunger was like on our campus and in our community. And we developed some partnerships with local food banks and things like that. And and they're still working on that. So having that continue past when I was working with them into the spring and and beyond was really awesome. Um, I think another moment, two more stick out. The first being the, I think every waking moment I spent with the LGBT group was fantastic. They were a wonderful group of students. Um, And again, there was the element of blending the academic Mm -hmm. with the student life stuff there. So here is a student club that is talking about issues that are very much happening right now. And it's really interesting to then take that and say, well, how does this relate to the seemingly static stuff that you're doing in your classes? Like this stuff that seems very not fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, how, do, how does this in actuality really relate to the stuff that you're doing day to day? So we talked about uh, you know, a, lot of, a lot of late night club meetings where we'd be talking about post-structuralism you know, and feminist theory. And, you know, we're taking, okay, so this stuff that you hear mentioned in passing, you know, as, as, as so first and second wave and third wave feminism and things that you hear and you just think are static concepts. Well, how does that play out to what we're doing right now? So when we're talking about having a counter protest to um, raise awareness for the no hate campaign, how does that relate to the world of third wave feminism and some of the issues being faced by that world right now? Uh, And so that was really interesting, really fantastic. But I think my favorite moment uh, above all of them was the free speech dialogue that we had. Um, we had we have a free speech zone on campus, um, and some individuals had used that this year um, for a variety of purposes, and it got a lot of conversations happening mm-hmm. about free speech. And so, what does free speech look like 
And how does speech that make me uncom- how does speech that makes me uncomfortable be called free speech? Right. You know, um, at what point does free speech become hate speech? What is the line there? What do mm-hmm. we call mental distress? You know, and so we set up a dialogue to have this happen. We tapped into some social work students in the LGBTQ group, um, and a lot of really passionate people came: faculty, staff, students. We got we got a great crowd. Um, mm-hmm. The vice president came. We had lot, the dean of students was there. We had lots of really great conversation. Went on for two hours. <laughs> we're all just wow. hanging out in the student center, just talking, and, and we had just these really cool moments where we're discussing these these really fine lines, and we're talking about again big concepts like this gigantic concept that gets thrown around all the time. Where you hear free speech every day, you know. Mm-hmm. So what does that actually mean when you're walking down the street and someone shouts something at you? What? So then, how does that big idea translate into something in your everyday life? Yeah. Um, which was a really great, just a really great opportunity to have. And they were just wonderful students that were there. And so I think that was the reason why that sticks out in my mind so much was it, it really was one of those cheesy moments where like you step back out of your body and you're like, this is exactly what I want to be doing. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Here we go. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think just, I mean, even somewhat tied into all those things. I mean, it's just is so impactful just like that you were able to you know like you just kept saying just take big ideas and make them into reality sort of thing and help students realize that they have the capability to do that so yeah um, well i think primarily one of the biggest hurdles for first generation students and especially low-income students is that in their daily lives they might not have a lot of instances where they run into these big ideas Mm -hmm. um because Sitting in a class and discussing whether you come from privilege is an inherently privileged thing to do. (laughs) It takes privilege to sit in class and discuss whether you have privilege, you know, because you're not working for a living. Mm. Well, I mean, well, you are, but that's that's a little insensitive to say. But scrub that out and post. (laughs) But so it's an inherently privileged thing to do to discuss these issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And so having these discussions with students that might not be exposed to big ideas all the time and to say... These things that seem inconsequential are really, they trickle down into your everyday life. And so I think that's, that's one of the issues that, so if we can like pontificate for a second, like that's one of the issues facing academia right now. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of discussion being had about at what point is college a commodity versus a, a privilege versus all of these, these are big conversations happening right now. And a lot of it centers on this idea that the stuff we're exposing t- people to, we're having a fundamental conversation about how valuable it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, and that there, you enter the conversations being having that's being had around STEM. You enter the conversations being had around the liberal arts. How useful is this? You know, and I think a lot of students ask those questions, but being able to provide answers for that is really is really engaging. Being able to say, so this is what a big idea looks like, mm-hmm. and this is why it's not just lines on a book. This is how it becomes real to you and to me and to everybody that we work with every day um, is I think something that the first generation students really benefit from. Yeah. Just like the, the agency to do things. I don't Yeah. Just cause I think, um, yeah, it's just like a, a growth moment to realize you can have an impact on things or like kind of connecting all the pieces and seeing why the world the way is, is the way that it is. Cause yeah. I think if you don't connect those dots, you kind of just like, well, no, that's just how it is. It's like, well, no, there's a sequence of things like change happened over time and, you know, yeah, it takes time. It takes action. It takes somebody kind of moving the, uh, you know, metaphorical boulder or something. You know, it kind of yes. it has to yeah. kind of just be yeah, moved and take action. Like things just don't 
happen. You yeah, know, and that's sort of the magic of education is that yeah. one side of education is teaching you what the puzzle piece looks like, mm-hmm. and the other side of education is teaching you how they fit together. Mm-hmm. So saying this is part A, this is part B, these two things inherently you know, affect each other. Mm-hmm. So how does that happen? You know, like, how can we? It's you sort know, of the like, okay, yeah. so you have your your learning. I'm forgetting. I'm dropping my basic education training right now, but you know, just completely out of my head. But like, that's there. There is understanding, and there's synthesis. You know, mm-hmm. putting these ideas together, yeah. and that's where I think. That's where I think the siloing that occurs in it sometimes can occur in academia, where you say, "Oh, that's that's what the professors do. We're here to make sure there's a cool life for students, mm-hmm. and as someone involved in student life, well, that's I think at our best, we're not just siloed off." We're people that take the big ideas and we, and we say, so how is this expressed in yeah. student life? Yeah. Well, I can just say, I mean, then getting meta for a second, it's just neat. Oh, I love they, it. Let's get meta. Let's well, do it. Just the fact that like kind of what we're talking about is kind of connecting America or, you know, your experience with AmeriCorps and student affairs and that this is sort of something you happen into and, and it sort of blends different world, worlds and you almost as like a, an outsider you're you're seeing it clearer than I think a lot of people who are in it see it because like as someone in student affairs and seeing somewhat of what sort of the zeitgeist is out there like that these are conversations that people are having is just like you know is it us versus them when it comes to like academic affairs and student affairs yeah. or you know siloing just even within our own uh, world of student affairs and those sort of things so it's just really neat that you're kind of you know viewing it almost from a different angle or you know. Um, kind of just as someone who's kind of just like waltz on the scene, you're like, why aren't we kind of doing this stuff together? It's like, yeah. <laughs> we've been like fighting this battle for like a long time. This We're just is, having this, this like, you know, existential crisis. Of, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, just do it. You know, just like, and you've done that where you've, you know, because I think a student activities person could, you know, do these programs that are centered on academic concepts of like free speech and that like yeah. gets people out, gets people engaged, gets conversations going and stuff. And it's not just, you know, pizza parties and those kind of things. Like, because, you know, the idea of, that sort of, you know, throwaway phrase of just like, oh, student activities, you know, it's just like a pizza party or something is just like it's focused on just the social. Like they, mm-hmm. they sometimes kind of stumble of um, going that one step further of like, you know, yeah, the show movies. But it's like, you know, maybe a quarter of the time show some documentaries and, yeah. and have some and conversations think, of like the people who made those things. And like, yes, that's good. Yeah. That gets people out. Like, you, you know, you yeah. see it, you talk about it instead of. Maybe because then sometimes they, you just see a thing and then you leave and then it, 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 yeah, yeah and <laughs> well, synthesizers capitalize that's on it. That's the essential so. difference yeah. between the university as a place you go to learn how to do something and the university as a place that you go to grow into yourself. Mm-hmm. Because those, I think, and, and both you and I both being very passionate about, about higher ed and academics, we remember those times that you're up until like 2 a.m. and you're having these discussions. So mm-hmm. it's like, but, but why, man? You know, like, go yeah. deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and it's, it's providing access. And I think at its best, student affairs does that. It provides access to those big concepts mm-hmm. and to those conversations that keep happening. Um, and it is really interesting as an outsider to sort of zip in. Like I, I ziplined right in the middle of, you know, I think the, the second meeting I was at, um, somebody said, uh, somebody used the phrase academic siloing. And I literally had to like, after the meeting, like, okay, so what is that? You know, of what I did a lot this year, which is, okay, fill me in on this. Let's do this. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, just to kind of uh, move on with your story here. So um, we've talked about the experience where you are now and kind of finishing up and what you've learned. Um, where are you heading next? What's next for you? How are you? You know, how are you taking all these things with you to kind of your your next adventure? I know what it is. And I, and yeah. I, I see sort of how the pieces <laughs> connect. Spoiler, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, how do you guys, I guess, kind of see it coming together? Because you, you know, you could have gone any number of ways when you sort of had your kind of your term up here. Um, 
what's next and you know what made you choose to do what you are doing yeah. next well i did it was, it was a lot it was a lot of thinking and a lot of a lot of late nights mm-hmm. a lot of late nights thinking about what i wanted to do next because i really felt called to do another year and to work more at the university um, and i but i eventually was <laughs> i'd thrown a couple of applications for mm-hmm. grad school um out and i thought okay we'll see we'll see what comes back here we'll let that sort of We'll let that sort of marinate <laughs> for a while. Um, and I actually was offered a position teaching and studying at Baylor University um, down in Waco, Texas. So I'm going to be going down there in August to study communication and rhetoric. And I think when I say that to people, they go, wow, that's kind of a hard pivot. <laughs> I majored in English and I blended that with political science. And then you move into like academic and student affairs and you sort of pivot into communications and rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas, but for me, there's a very obvious through line, um, which is all, if you'll, we can get a little meta here, it's all conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's everything I've ever done in my life um, is about conversation. I, in my spare time, I didn't, I, I forgot to mention this, in my spare time up at, uh, up at the university, I host radio shows um, on, their, on their radio station. Everything I do comes down to being very passionate about the art of dialogue and conversation and how big ideas, <laughs> to bring it full circle, how big ideas make their way into everyday life. Um, and so that's, that's one of the main emphasis. That's, wow, I can't talk today. I remember I was an English major and I just cannot sentence. I'm talking a lot. It's I like, cannot yeah, sentence yeah. today. <laughs> that's one of the main um, focuses of the program at Baylor is taking, taking large rhetorical concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and making them um, really parsable, if that's a word. (laughs) You know, so discussing discussing how these things play out in everyday life. Um, So the two, so sort of the focuses I have moving forward are conversations and communication in higher ed. I'm really passionate about that. Um, And also, male rhetoric uh, is like just something out of left field that I'm very passionate about that that I plan to do. There's an excellent researcher at Baylor who's the director of the program, um, who is an expert in, in male rhetoric? So like masculinity, the Mascul- sort of yeah. the issues of masculinity. Um, I'm incredibly interested in issues of masculinity and and how they intersect with sexuality and all of these other things that we talk about in day to day life. So I am the quintessential nerdy academic. Like this yeah. stuff is like, hey, you want to talk about male sexuality? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am like the definition. <laughs> but um, so heading down there, and I'll also be teaching. So my um, I'm going to be teaching in the Baylor Interdisciplinary Core, which is a, a part of their Honors College. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be teaching some classes there. Um, in my first year, I'll be an assistant, uh, and then I'll be actually be teaching full time my second year. Very cool. Um, I'll be teaching a one in one load. So I'll be going. I'll be doing thesis work, and I'll also be teaching World of Rhetoric, which is, promises to be a very awesome experience. Uh, and I think. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you and say that I never walk around going, "Oh boy, you know, I'm completely pivoting again." You know, um, it's been a long journey. This year has been a long journey, and I think it's been a long journey to say this is the one thing I'm comfortable with. Like, this is the one thing I'm really passionate about. This is what I really want to do. Um, especially because I'm the kind of person who could be passionate about anything. <laughs> yeah, that's just my personality. Is there's so many interesting things to do in the world. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's. I think the exact moment I knew, I, like I mentioned already, the free speech program, sort of talking about those big ideas mm-hmm. in relation to how do these affect us in day-to-day life, um, was the moment where I thought, that's it. You know, that's, 
if I can keep doing this, yeah. <laughs> if I can, if, if this, you have these very rare moments where you say, like, this is how I fit into the plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like how if I, I could just do this in every city in the country. Yes. I feel like we could get somewhere. I we don't know. could change something. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, if I can just keep doing this, yeah. I'd be a very happy person, you know? And yeah. um, it does require sort of <laughs> uprooting and moving again. But yeah. um, I've, I've very wonderful group of people down there at Baylor that I'm very excited to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a great opportunity. I think you, you, you kind of digging in down there and really, you know, if you kind of plant yourself there and allow yourself to grow, like, it's, it, it just yeah. seems like it's so cool. Like, I'm just so excited for you to kind of, like, because, again, it is, like, it's so much of, like, what you are and what you love, like, and obviously that sort of can, like, uh, bleed through to so many other topics of just, you know, the idea of how do we talk about things and how does that affect how things are kind of thing. Like, and that's, yeah. you know, it could be, they could get that platform and that, that credential and that learning and that experience that could just set you up for, you know, whatever else is next kind of yeah. thing. Um, so it's, it's really cool. And I'm well, thank you I'm very excited. much. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm immensely excited. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, I have to take a second and plug. It's entirely, as I, as I like to joke, it's entirely their fault at the university. <laughs> They've been very supportive and yeah. just fair. And, um, Dr. Raymond Rice is the provost up there um, and I specifically because I have no idea if they'll ever listen to this but I'll say Dr. Raymond Rice and Vanessa Pearson um, the director of student success and the provost have been just awesome at really really teaching me a lot yeah. and I think that's that's the difference between good AmeriCorps and exceptional AmeriCorps is that exceptional AmeriCorps isn't just about you building capacity for someone it's about you building capacity for someone and then helping you build your capacity mm-hmm. and that's that's when AmeriCorps shines is when you take someone who is really fresh and has a lot to do and you sort of say, here's what you can do for us and also here's how we can help you. Mm. Uh, and so I, I always say it's entirely their fault that I got into Baylor. <laughs> they say, we're very sad to lose you. And I say, yeah. well, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, just putting that good energy out there. You know, I'm just, I'm just throwing it right back. Balls in your court now. Yeah. Have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of a, it's a good segue just to sort of as we're um, kind of heading, heading towards the end here of just um, you know, say, you know, a lot of our audience is student affairs professionals or grad students or anybody, um, just anybody, I guess, could really kind of make this sort of pivot, I guess, or like if they're working with students who are looking to find themselves. So what advice would you give to someone who might be interested or just sort of a, I mean, you kind of were, you know, selling it kind of there at the end of like the, what makes a good program or what, you know, uh, somebody going into it, what can they hope to get out of it? But, you know, just advice, I guess, for anybody who's interested or what would you kind of um, do to kind of just plug it to somebody who's, you know, because we'll, we'll link to AmeriCorps and some of the other stuff we mentioned here in the show notes for people who are yeah. uh, interested for more. But, um, yeah, just advice for others about, you know, the experience. I think my advice, I think the, the main source of advice I gave is if you're interested, go for it. There really is, it's, it's an immensely positive experience. I think a lot of the people that I have worked with through AmeriCorps and especially main campus compact have been just very awesome people who are very passionate about making positive change, sort of looking at the world in new, fresh ways. And so I think, I think the advice I would give to someone that's interested, and I'll try and blend the advice for the AmeriCorps thing in with the advice for like higher ed, um, is remember that there is, there is with, we're going to get super motivational here. So if you're ready for this, we're going to get super motivational. There is is within all of us something that we're really passionate about. Um, And discovering that 
and using that to help others is I think is I think the most important thing that we can do as human beings. So we're getting super like I told you we're getting super meta now. But so like Chris said, this no, is like this, music, we're, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna go out and hide it. Yeah. This is the most important thing that we can do is we can figure out where what we're really good at and what we're really passionate about meets what people really need to have done. Um, and that's I think what makes AmeriCorps so great. And like that's that's the advice I would give. Like figure out what you really love doing and then figure out a way that you can really use that to make a positive change. Because there, and, and um, there's a wonderful quote that says vocation, like this mysterious word, like what you're meant to do with your life. And we, I think so many people stress out about that. Mm-hmm. And I, like, really stressed out about that. You're like, what? Like, I am only here for so long. We are finite mortal beings. You're like, what are, what am I, what am I supposed to do? And like, it's, it's the point where what you are really passionate about meets what the world really needs. And so for me, I've discovered that that's about having these conversations, having conversations about big ideas in really fresh ways that people who maybe aren't a part of the academic circle can even jump into. I think that's a really, like, that's sort of what I've stumbled into. And so that's the advice I give is find out where what you're really passionate about can help other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just the, the platform of AmeriCorps to get you out of your comfort zone and kind of, because I think oh, it, yeah. it could even like, oh, yeah. it could help you find that. Or if you know what you want to do, it could connect you with an opportunity to really make that positive impact. So yeah. And if you're um, really interested in getting out of your comfort zone, spend a winter in Maine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's part of our like, so far out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Like our uh, kinship spirit here. I'm just like experiencing this. Like, yeah. Uh, you're forever bonded to people who went through a Maine winter with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, it's really, be- I'll say it's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I really loved it. But there is definitely an element of like the February comes around. You're like, wow, this yeah, is yeah. everlasting. <laughs> yeah, because it's like if you can kind of marvel out of it, and it's like, well, I have to like live and exist in this. I gotta like <laughs> yes. chop my car out of ice and yes. like shovel and stuff. And it's like That's you can thing. just kind of be like, hmm, this is nice. I'm if like, I could just look at winter, yeah, through yeah. a window and just be like. Or, like, walk out into it and be like, oh, that's nice. And just walk in. Yeah, go get some hot cocoa and stuff. Yeah, go, go, get a, go get a hot toddy. What is that? What's that rum drink? There's, like, a hot toddy or something. That's, yeah. Is that's it a hot toddy? I've never yeah. had one, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> homework for people. Look that up. Look homework. Up. Yeah, tweet at me. What, what's, <laughs> tell uh, me what that is. You know, what is a hot toddy? Um, <laughs> like a Jeopardy answer. Yeah. What is a hot toddy? So, I think we kind of, we have a good kind of final thought to end, but is, is there any kind of just... Uh, I know you are a you know great conversationally. I'm sure you love some good quotes. That would be good, like final thoughts. But we always like to end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't think about oh, that's interesting. Good final thought. But okay, anything no else pressure. that you want to leave people on, just to kind of wrap up the episode, just to end things. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Something has just sprung into my mind. There is a moment happening in academia where pe- there's a great need for people who are really passionate about blending what academia is and what it can be. You know, like really fresh ideas. There's a real moment happening right now where really fresh ideas are really... I wouldn't say they're in desperate need. Like It's not like we're dying without them. I don't want to be dramatic like that, but fresh ideas are always hard to come by. And we're in a moment right now where we really are benefiting from lots of young people coming in. I think there's lots of young people coming into the higher ed industry right now mm-hmm. really interested in making interesting changes. Um... And I think that's the kind of thing that we're going to see over the next few years happening. That's how it's going to play. We're going to see the lines between academic and student bl- like blurring a lot more. A lot more crossover happening there. And I th- I'm really excited about that. You know, as someone who's <laughs> committing themselves to a life in this, in this environment, I'm really excited about that sort of line blurring and, and, and saying what new ideas can we try out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's a really interesting place to be at because there's a lot of fresh thinking happening right now. So, like, my, my final thought is, like, we're just endlessly positive. 
there's lots of good stuff happening right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think it's really easy to get... In academia, we're so tied to the cycle where it's easy to get discouraged because you're so tied to this yearly cycle of trying and having to dip out and trying and having to dip out, you know. And, and so sometimes it feels like your life is lived in four-month chunks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, we'll try this. All right, we're going to have to sit back and wait a little bit more. Um, but it's just a really great time to be entering the game right now. <laughs> the game. Like, like we're game, baseball yeah. players. <laughs> what do they call it? Oh, it's the show in baseball. They call yeah, it the show. Yeah. That's the yeah. one sports reference you're ever going to hear me make. <laughs> right there. One that of you for the whole... That was my sport reference. <laughs> yeah, like the whole series of podcasts here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... Not I, a lot of sports I, references happening on... <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I, yeah, I would, I would not make them often or ever. No, yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I like the positive thought of just like, I think there is, you know, the bigger, even just larger existential crisis of like, you know, like you are saying of like, what is college? Is it commodity? Is it right? Or, you yeah. know, how much should it cost and all that kind of stuff and how should it be structured? And, um, the positive way to look at that is, is that there's a lot of potential for change because it needs to sort of find itself again because it's like, you know, yes. you know, where is it going? So it needs to, yeah. You know, and it's, and it's and a lot stuff, of up so. in the air right now. There's yeah. a lot of really interesting up in the air happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone, firmly rooted in that in the belief that college is about more than providing a service that college is about shaping people mm-hmm. um, I think there's a lot of fresh stuff that, that can happen over the coming months yeah. uh, to the coming months like it's going to happen right now over the coming years I yeah. should have said yeah. <laughs> Dustin it's well, going to happen right s- now <laughs> months plural you know just uh, yes be... who knows how many months I've yeah. yeah, the... <laughs> uh but yeah this is all good stuff and uh, the things that we mentioned uh, we'll be in the show notes as always, but uh, all right, John, thank am you I so much. To, am I allowed to plug myself? Please, yeah. Plug, plug yeah. away. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at John T. Moist, John with an H, and Moist exactly as you think it would be spelled. So at John T. Moist, um, you can catch me at least until the end of the summer. So I don't know when this is coming out, but at least until the end of the summer, I'm every week Thursdays at 6. You can stream the Nerd Hour, which is the University of Maine at Presque Isle's tech and culture show. Um Online at uh, I'll send you the address. You can put it in the show. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Linking to it is easier. Yeah, than linking to it is easier than HTTP, having to think about it right now. Uh, yeah, HTTPS colon slash slash <laughs> forward or backward? Who knows? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm weekly on that show. Um, and there's there's just there's cool stuff out there. Yeah. Go do it. <laughs> just go into the internet wormhole and go. Call don't us fall when you're too finished. far down the internet. This, yeah. I have nights. I have nights. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I have. This is what I'll leave you on. That I have nights where like I text. I text Kate, and I'm like, I have fallen far too much down the internet tonight. Yeah. Like, I'm so deep down the internet rabbit hole that I have no yeah. idea where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on weird articles, and I'm like... <laughs> yeah, they just, like, link together, and you're just like... You know, I, yeah. All I wanted to go to Wikipedia for was the date of Joy Division's first album, and I am now gone. <laughs> yeah. I, I um, was watching a bunch of, like, Jeff Goldblum interview videos last yeah. night. I'm just like, he is just a unique this character. Jurassic like, Park, right? Yeah, yeah. Was he in Jurassic Park? Yep. He, he was in... Uh, Many Phil Independence yeah. Day he was in. Oh, was he uh, in Independence Day? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. See, when you say Jeff, I think Daniels. Jeff Daniels from the newsroom. Uh, no, yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I get those two confused. I, yeah. Just last week at dinner with my boss, <laughs> I got Jeff Goldblum and Jeff Daniels confused. And his wife looked at me and went, what are you doing? <laughs> it was a kind of fantastic moment. Like, get, out. <laughs> get out of our house. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're a Jeff no, Goldblum a family. We're a Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, we're a Jeff Goldblum family. We don't accept Jeff Daniels. Get out. <laughs> Get out, Will McAvoy. <laughs> anyway, it, thank you so much for having me on. It was a blast. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time.
Thank you so very, very much for listening to this awesome episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast. Now, we'd appreciate it if you click on over to the iTunes store and leave us a rating and review for this podcast. It helps us reach a wider audience and helps more people hear all the awesome things we talk about every single week. So we really appreciate it. Just leave a rating review, and we will see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.